dark. Hail your dark senior. Hail not mock needs. Hail your asir. Hail our O senior. And I welcome the Valkyries to summon me. Hail the day. Hail the sons of day. Hail to night and her sister. Hail the gods. Hail the goddesses. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Through the Thunder podcast. On today's episode, I have a conversation with a fellow pagan from across the pond, Reagan, otherwise known as Ancestral Feminine Knowledge on Instagram, had some interesting things to share about her experiences with paganism, and I hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, Regan, and thank you for joining us today on Through the Thunder podcast. I'm really happy to have you on. There's loads of questions I want to ask you, um, and I want to start with the one I like to start with all my guests. And if you could just give me a little bit of background about your um, your channel on Instagram, uh, Ancestral Feminine Knowledge. How did that come about? Hi. Yes, thank you for inviting me here. Um, so. The channel came about, um, I already had a separate pagan channel, but I kind of wanted to do something a little different. So I did decide to make this separate channel, um, Ancestral Feminine Knowledge. Um, I had been sort of diving into what it means for a woman to be more feminine and such. And then I also, you know, had a curiosity with uh, my ancestors and kind of felt like, you know, there's a lot of wisdom to be found there. And just, you know, I've been on this path of wanting to learn, learn more about my ancestors and such. So I just felt like there was a lot that they could share. So I kind of put two and two together and created this page. Awesome. I've got to say, I really, really like your content and it really connected with me because I'm going on my own journey right now where I'm really trying to connect to my ancestors and really kind of track down my old family tree. Um, it's been quite challenging because I don't have any living people to ask. There's, oh, just, wow. there's just me. So I'm kind of going from old names from memory and, and things like that. Um, well. But yeah, it's it's been an amazing and like quite an emotional roller coaster as well as you find out things that you didn't know. Have you found that as well? <laughs> Definitely. Like um just just to um go back briefly, um you said about your pagan channel. Have you how long have you been pagan for? Um, well so I do consider myself a Norse pagan mm-hmm. and I've claimed that title for a little over a year now but prior to that I would say that I felt like I've really always been pagan but I just didn't necessarily have a title for myself 
prior to being a Norse pagan, um, you know, I like dabbled in Wicca and, you know, that just didn't quite seem right. And then um, my grandpa had always talked about how we had um, Native American ancestry, uh, Cherokee in particular. So that was something I uh, was curious about for a while, like the Native American spirituality and such. And, but before that, I guess, you know, I just always felt like, you know, nature was my church and everything. I never really had a, like a strong connection with Christianity, Christianity or anything like that. So, yeah, I was going to ask you where you are located in the States is Christianity, like the major, is that, that's quite a major uh, religion there. Yeah. Oh, yes. I am in the Midwest. So pretty well, like the Bible Belt of America. So yeah, I see yeah, definitely a lots of uh, Christians and Catholics and such. So did you grow up as a Christian? Well, my parents. Yes. Yes and no, because they weren't like super like we didn't go to church all the time. And uh, it was more of like an occasion thing. So yeah. honestly, I didn't really get brought up as a Christian. We, I don't know. It just wasn't really anything. It was like a major staple in our lives, I guess. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, do you think that, um, well, what was it? Was it challenging for you to kind of be like, right, I'm going to tell family and friends that I'm Norse pagan? Or was that quite straightforward and easy for you? It was a bit difficult um, just because, like I mentioned, you know, my area, everyone's pretty well like Christian or like whether they go to church all the time or not. I kind of feel like most everybody is some sort of Christian. And so being a pagan is very different around here. And even to tell my parents, I mean, which they're pretty, you know, relaxed and like I, they weren't, you know, going to be like super like angry or like want to disown me. Mm. But it's still you know, it came with its challenges. And I actually first told my parents whenever I had planned to go to my first gathering. So I already knew I'd be going, but I was like, okay, well, they probably should know where I'm going and like what I'm going to. So I guess I probably need to go ahead and tell them. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's like, uh, I think a lot of people at first when they hear Norse pagan or just pagan in general, or even heathen, and they don't know what that is, they might immediately think, oh, oh, great, they're getting into some kind of weird devil worship thing. Um, yes. <laughs> so I think that's just, just those words, unfortunately, like pagan, Norse pagan, whatever, they might just, for the people that don't know and are foreign to the idea, um, I can understand why people initially might have resistance to it, but it sounds like they have been supportive of you. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. And they definitely have been, uh, you know, like they've asked me questions and things like that. So they definitely have an interest because I have an interest. So that's great. That's great. So yeah. I, I, I really love to hear that. Um, and you mentioned uh, gatherings there. So could you tell us a little bit about a little bit about that? Have you been to a lot of gatherings? Um, a few, I guess. Um, so I am a part of the uh, Wisdom of Odin community. And sure. so I have been to a few of those gatherings. So my first one was actually of uh, Midsummer last year was my first gathering. Oh, really? And nice. So I've been to that one, a two different fall gatherings, 
uh, a Yule gathering. So I've been to a couple so far. I've actually, I've actually not seen a picture of you, I don't think, but I just want to make sure I'm not getting you mixed up in my head with somebody else, right? So I saw in one of the Wisdom of Odin videos for a gathering, there was somebody who was like, who had a torch and had this really cool hood, who did uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Was that yourself? Uh, it it may have been because if it was the the torch would have been the the a fall gathering and uh, I did I think have a hood at that time so yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. I, that one may have been me it may be yeah it was pretty cool it looked, it looked awesome so what 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 would I want to ask you about that the gatherings in particular um tell me a little bit about what you got out of the gatherings what 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 it did for you so. I guess at my first gathering, um, very nervous, obviously, because I kind of wasn't sure, you know, how many people were going to be there who had been in the faith a lot longer than I had. So I kind of had like that newbie nervousness and everything. But after getting there, I mean, there's, you know, obviously a little bit of, uh, you know, everybody meeting each other at the beginning, kind of awkward and stuff. But it really that really faded really fast. And I mean, it just was such a, like a warm welcoming and it was so nice being around so many other people who are also pagans and, you know, have also had like these same challenges of, you know, being afraid to tell their family because, you know, (laughs) sorry, my kid's yelling. No, that's all good. That's fine. (laughs) But, um, you know, other people who've had their challenges with, you know, their families being Christian and stuff. And it was nice being able to, you know, be around others who understood, you know, where where y'all came from in that sense. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and do you feel that um have you had any like defining kind of spiritual moments at these gatherings or was it more about building connections with the community as a whole? Um, I would say it's kind of both, honestly, because yeah. I mean Definitely anytime they're at a gathering, I just feel like everyone bringing their own energy to that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel there is a strong presence of the gods during a gathering. I mean, I just can't help but feel that they see us and, you know, they're just, you know, proud of us, you know, pagans worshiping the old gods and gathering again in like, you know, this new age. So, mm. yeah. Well, but definitely good about uh you know building community and such too like everyone just always seems so welcoming and just a really great atmosphere awesome awesome um a couple of us in the uk community um we're doing our first gathering uh next month there's just a few of us but yeah i i totally feel what you're saying about the nerves there's some nerves there uh, yes <laughs> i was also really excited to finally meet everyone because we've done a lot of talking back and forth online and really looking forward as well to kind of getting that energy going and hopefully getting the attention of the gods and yeah working on some spiritual <laughs> stuff so um well, that's really so- awesome yeah i'm somewhat envious uh you've had quite a few gathering experiences i'm sitting here slightly green <laughs> 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 but that that's awesome um so see within your own practice um could you talk a little bit about that in terms of do you have do you have like an altar 
if so is it indoor outdoor do you do you practice often with that or is it you just save it for rarer occasions or how does that work so i do have an indoor and an outdoor altar um and i don't say that i have a like set schedule or anything where like i give offerings and such but i do try and take time at least a little bit of time every day you know to acknowledge them and just sit at the altar and try to meditate that's something i'm still working on there but mm. you know just i think it's important to you know acknowledge them um you know whenever i can do you have like a anything to do with the ancestors on your altar at all yes so um i do have a few things from my different ancestors um like my grandpa and my great grandma and my father-in-law actually have a few things of theirs up near my altar as well yes Awesome, awesome. And have you have you ever done any kind of offerings or or um, yeah, have you ever done any offerings for ancestors, or is that just more you, you have them on your altar more as a kind of honoring the the ancestors? Um, yes, to both. So there are sometimes you know whenever I may go to my altar and want to do something specifically with my ancestors, so I may you know sit there and just you know really try and um think of memories of certain ones and i'm also um trying to reach out to you know ancestors further back that you know i may not have met personally and such mm. so but um i know there are times too like uh, oh during like holidays and stuff that uh i like to make plates like for them and set a place for them. Uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful idea, actually. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, hundred percent. I know something I'm uh wanting to start doing around uh Samhain or Halloween time is uh, I actually got an idea um from someone, but it's uh you know going and visiting grave sites of family members and such, and you know maybe leaving a little offering or just at least going to acknowledge them. So I feel yeah. like that's something that, you know, people may not do enough. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If, 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 if the, yeah, if you've got access to that and including that in a practice is a great way to honor your ancestors and a great way to still feel connected to them. Uh, fantastic. Um, so with regards to um, Norse paganism, um, do Obviously, you started off in Wiccan and then you, you moved on to Norse paganism. What was it about that that drew you to Norse paganism particularly? So any kind of thing that happened in particular that was like, oh, this is for me? Um, well, I've always had an interest in like pre-Christian beliefs of like many different cultures and stuff. But um, I was actually just kind of doing some Googling. And, um, I came across like some tip, like some Viking things and just different like YouTube suggestions and stuff. And I actually came across, um, Jacob's page from the wisdom of Odin. Yeah. And, um, I can't remember exactly what the first video was that I watched, 
but it sounded, you know, kind of like what I was Googling. So I'm like, okay, you know, this sounds interesting. And I got to watch it and I was like, wow, you know, this, you know, this sounds really interesting. So I, I watch a couple more videos and I'm like, this, I mean, I need to look into this more. Norse paganism. Like this sounds really, I don't know. I just had felt that calling, I guess. And yeah. that's kind of what got me to dive in more. Yeah. We have similar, that's similar to my own thing as well. I was, I can't even remember what I was Googling at the time, but it must have been, I'm, I'm very interested in history. Like I love history. Yes. And I think I was just researching something that I happened to be interested at the time. And I stumbled upon Wisdom of Odin. I stumbled upon Zach from Seeker of Wisdom. I stumbled upon yes. Norse Path. And then I went down this rabbit hole and I realized this is a living religion that's actually coming back. And why not? Yeah. You know, why not? At first, at first, right, I admit, and I'm, I love to be honest about this because I think it's important because I think a lot of us had have doubts and I think it's important to share them. So at first, I was like, this all seems a bit different to me. You know what I mean? It seems a bit, I don't know. But then what happened was, I believe the reason, well, I believe that that's because it's not your regular Christianity islam atheism do you know what i mean it's not your big ones it's kind of a niche thing uh -huh. so it, it would feel different it would feel different I mean, and when i started to become open and receptive to what i was reading in the poetic edda and what i was seeing in on the online sources like youtube etc i started to feel that kind of spiritual awakening for lack of a better word if you yes. will yes yes kind of creep into me a little bit and the reason I stuck with it is because and I talk about power a lot and self-empowerment. It gave me power. I felt powerful, but not in a egotistical way, more in a, Oh yeah. I, I can call on the power of my ancestors. I can ask the gods for help. Um, and even when I was, I, I, I used um, Norse paganism to get me back into working out and getting fitter again. And when I was struggling in a workout, I would hold my Mjolnir similar to maybe a Christian might hold their um, crucifix and uh -huh. hold it in my fist. And I would just think about Thor and I would, I would feel stronger. I would feel that I can go another, another set, if that makes sense. Yes. That is awesome. Yeah. So for me, it was like similar, similar in terms of how I, I stumbled. How, uh, I'll start again. Um, <laughs> similar in terms of how we stumbled upon it. Um, but yeah, do you feel that, being spiritual being religious this norse paganism does it what what does it give you what what benefit for your life well for one i kind of think that it has really helped me to get out in nature more and mm -hmm. just try to connect with that and i think you know in this day and age there's definitely a lot of you know people who forget that you know we are a part of nature. And so I, I also like the idea of how, you know, I think it helps us can connect with our, like, with our ancestors. I mean, everyone may not have ancestral ties, but, you know, it's going to do something different for everybody. But for me, I think it just, like I said, I really like, um, you know, pre-Christian beliefs and just, how things may have been back then about, you know, community and just like helping each other and like being out in nature, like working with nature. And, you know, they had to rely on nature a lot for, you know, hunting 
and being able to, you know, farm their crops and such. And I just think that's all really interesting to think yeah. about. Yeah, I agree. It's that relationship with nature. And this is what I really love because I came from being pretty much an, an atheist, maybe on the fence. And uh, I just sometimes feel that as an atheist and other atheists would disagree, that's fine. Just for me as a personal experience as an atheist was that I just went through the year and it was like, oh, it's Halloween. Oh, it's Christmas, but I'm not a Christian, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, oh, oh, great. Now it's Easter. Buy some chocolate eggs. And it didn't really have, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't dancing with nature, if that makes sense. I wasn't in rhythm with nature. And now that I'm being Norse, in, in terms of being a Norse pagan, I'm really trying to connect with that. So um, we had Ostara just there. And normally Easter would go by and we wouldn't do anything. We'd just buy some eggs and that's it. But this time we started painting eggs for Ostara. I got the kids involved. They painted that's some awesome. pictures for her. Yeah, and it just felt like, okay, we've marked this time of the year um, and given it more respect than we normally would. Uh, and I think that that's important because you're also creating memories, family memories, and you're creating yes. family tradition, you know? Definitely. Um, now, you're, you're a mother uh, and, and you're married as well. Um, yes. So how does your religion play into that? Um, as you, like, for example, as your partner, do they practice paganism? Are they an atheist? I mean, how does that work? So uh, my partner, he does not consider himself he, uh, to be a Christian, but he says he does believe in God. And sure. he did he did have his concerns at first whenever, you know, I did say, you know, hey, you know, I'm really looking. I've I feel like I've always been a pagan, but I'm really looking into, you know, Norse paganism specifically. Mm-hmm. And he had his concerns and such. Um, but I, he's, he's gotten a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, with the kids, so, you know, we, we still celebrate, you know, typical um, holidays here in America. Sure. So, like, you know, Easter, uh, like uh, Christmas, things like that, Thanksgiving. And uh, so I have no issue with still celebrating those things because, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what we've always done. And that's fine. Yes. That's the majority of my family you know, does it. But uh, I know we also, this last year, uh, starting with Yule, I kind of, you know, started trying to do some more Yule type traditions and, or like the pagan holidays. And then uh, with Easter, you know, we did the painted eggs, but I kind of, you know, mentioned, you know, like the fertility bunny, like I kind of, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But my kids are, let's see, almost four and two. So, I mean, I still feel like they're still pretty young to where they don't necessarily understand either way. But I did try and make things fun for them to where, you know, they might have an interest. But I definitely don't want to push them either way. Because I'm definitely all for them making their own decisions about that when they're older and such. We are totally on the same page. Um, my kids are a little bit older. They'll be seven and six in a few months. So oh. they they have asked questions. Like my daughter loves it on Sundays. I take them to the park and we go for a walk. And my my daughter always says, tell us another story about the gods, dad. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it totally, that is it, awesome. Yeah, it breaks my heart in the best way possible. Uh, and uh, they've asked, they just, they like the questions and I tend to play them the Neil Gaiman audiobook 
Norse mythology oh, yeah. at night time. It helps them sleep. They like to listen to those kind of things. But I, but I totally agree with you. I don't. I will. I will not push them into anything like that. If anything, they are the ones who are quite intrigued and they've been asking questions because the other the the other week we did an offering to uh, Freer, and they said um, it was me that actually forgot I'd planned this, and they kept coming to me saying, "Oh, oh, Dad, when are we doing this?" When are we doing this offering for free? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? So I was like, that was so cute. And I could tell they had fun. I try and keep it very light, um, kind of fun and kind of fantasy-filled stories that I can tell will kind of enthrall them and just that they'll just enjoy. Um, yes. but, but if at any point they said to me, like they were like 12 or 13 or something, and they said, this isn't really for me, I'd be like, yeah, it's totally fine. Because I wouldn't want to... And I just wouldn't want to be the guy that pushed something on them. And it became like how some people think about church where they're like, oh, I've got to go to church again. And then they yes. get dragged through it, you know? Exactly. I know. I think that's one thing that my husband was sort of uh, concerned about was that, you know, that I was going to push them mm-hmm. or, you know, by me involving them as me pushing them. I'm like, I don't feel... I don't feel that by me involving them is pushing them. It's kind of just showing them what mommy does, what mommy enjoys. And I yeah. said, you know, if you ever, you know, want us all to go to church with you and like you do you doing that, then awesome. You know, we can do that. So. Yeah, 100 percent. Like uh, I kind of I think that's the best way to be is like and I think this is what paganism's done for me. I've talked about this previously in the podcast. It's like it's made me open and receptive to things I might have said no to in the past. So, yeah. Like if my wife, my wife isn't religious, but if, if she was like, I want to see the kids to church, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let, let, let's go. Let's have the experience. And uh, I think that's also part of knowing how to manage your relationship effectively and be a good partner is Definitely. you got to know how, know how to do the dance, you know, know when to make, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? compromise you need to learn how to compromise and listen to each other and, and from what you're telling me that sounds like you're on you're on that page I just think it's good for people to hear this because there'll be people out there with kids or in a in a serious relationship or married and their partner might not be religious or might be a different religion and they might mm-hmm. be having that they might be having that internal debate about how to manage that and with the kids and I think the best thing to be is be open receptive be kind and uh, be don't be too hard with it just as just what you've said be kind of like light about it like include include them like this is what mum's doing you know um yeah I think that's I think that's the way forward definitely for sure so regarding like your ancestry um that kind of because i remember a while back um you were posting some stuff on instagram could you tell us a wee bit about your ancestry yeah um so i'm definitely still learning um but i would say i didn't really have a whole lot of knowledge until recently um just mainly going off of things that like my grandpa had said on my paternal side so uh, i had mentioned that he had said before that we had like a great great grandmother that was like half Cherokee, so like I knew that. Yeah, that's and amazing. Then, uh, our last name is a very Irish sounding last name, so I always just assumed 
that we were, you know, had Irish in us too. Sure. But um, back in November, I actually got a DNA test uh, through 23andMe, and it mm-hmm. said that I had like 69% um, oh Irish and British ancestry, and then or DNA, sorry, then like I'm trying to think. It was like. 30-something French and German. Okay. And then, like, some Finnish. I actually had, like, a small bit of Scandinavian and Finnish DNA. Yeah. So, from there, I kind of went back. I had started a family tree on Ancestry.com years Mm ago. I decided to try and get back into it and see what else I could find. And while I definitely don't have any, like of my own personal records to check. I was trying to do the best I could piecing things together. Yes. Yeah, a but, challenge. Uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's hard. Yes. But yeah, I was finding, um, you know, accuracy in my DNA uh, compared to what I was finding on ancestry.com. So I did find, you know, that pretty neat. And I, I guess I do have quite a bit of ancestry from Scotland as well. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. So That's yeah. Cool. So I definitely have uh, a recent interest in learning about like pre-Christian beliefs uh you yeah. know from Ireland and Scotland and Britain and such. Yeah, it's so, so cool. So that's kind of what I've me. been diving in right now. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like it's so it's so cool for me to speak to Americans because I have no idea of what the American lived experience is. I can only assume. But obviously your ancestors hundreds of years ago or maybe less traveled left their homeland and traveled to america to make this new life this pioneering a great adventure perhaps the last great adventure in many ways and to me that is something so romantic and you know epic about that Uh i just i just think it's fascinating because i suppose for many americans when they do their ancestry it will branch out to all corners of the globe whereas yeah for me it's probably i imagine i haven't done a dna test or anything like that um but just from what i've researched my ancestry is basically scottish irish and scandinavian um so it's all pretty much in this area yeah that was just that was just sorry that was me going on the tangent there just i think it is quite it must be quite amazing (laughs) as, as an american to have that kind of uh experience when researching your ancestors because part of part of my um respect for my ancestors those i know and those that i i don't know is the sacrifices they made so that we could be here now yes definitely do do you feel that as well yes i mean just trying to imagine the many hardships they would have had to face and yet you know here we are yeah i mean our our hardships are the wi-fi goes down and we lose our minds (laughs) Their yes. hardship, their hardship is they get attacked by raiders and they have a famine <laughs> and oh disease. My goodness, yes. So, so yeah, it's like it's all put, it puts things into perspective and it realizes I, I I draw strength from it because when I feel weak or if I let something really trivial wind me up and like annoy me, I, mm-hmm. I realize I realize that come on like there's there 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 are ancestors from the past or people. Um, have been through so much worse than what I'm going through right now. And for me, for me, it helps, you know? 
Yes. Um, I know a, a point I wanted to mention too. You were talking about like American ancestry and such. Yeah. Um, one thing that I always find interesting is that you know I've spoken with, um, especially some of my friends in the pagan community, that you know a lot of them have some recent ancestry. You know that goes back to other countries like Germany and and you know Scandinavia and such. And so their family may have like food recipes that are from you know another country yeah just other traditions that they still follow from that other country and i think that is super neat because myself well i you know my family we to my knowledge we don't do anything other than like typical american things just like the you know the few main holidays we do here and such but what I found on my uh, ancestry is that a lot of my ancestors have been here for a few hundred years already. Like I was finding my family still being born in the U.S. in like the 1600s and the 1500s. Whoa. So I mean, a lot of my family came here very early and like wow. and uh, to America. So, yeah. So I just think that's so neat to compare the differences that is that is do you think something you brought up there i found really really interesting is the recipes idea do you think that's a good way like for example you want to honor the ancestors you want to include them uh in a feast of some kind maybe learning ancestral recipes is a good way to connect with them oh i i definitely think that'd be a great idea for sure especially you know if it's something that they probably would have eaten at some point too you know yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I wanted to talk to you also about um, basically, yeah, with regards to right, this is something I talk about on on my podcast is that masculinity and men are somewhat maybe not in crisis, but they're facing they're facing certain challenges now. Yes. Do you think that? Um, femininity um is going through similar challenges i think there are definitely some similar challenges there for sure i think you know i think a big thing is you know i hear people say you know there's differences between being you know like a part of the feminism yeah outlook and then outlook and, you know, it just seems to be a lot of comparison to the masculine, a lot of comparison to men saying mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, we need to man up and do things like that. And I just I don't know. I I would say maybe at one point I was probably right there too, thinking like, yeah, you know, um, uh, women, you know, they don't need to be locked up in the house all day. They can go out and do whatever they want sort of thing. I definitely yeah. feel like I at one point had more feminism views. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely, especially after having kids, I feel like, you know, I am happy being a stay-at-home mom and I don't feel like it's a prison or anything like that. Um, but I do think it's important for, you know, mothers to, I don't want to say it, be more of a staple in their home, just especially yeah. like with like nurturing 
just I don't know. I think it's I think that's important. I I agree. I think it's like yin and yang. You know, the uh, there's man like there, there's basically there's this constant kind of almost political edge thing where it's women have to be like men and better than men at what men do best. Um, yeah. And I think, and I, think um, I also think that I feel very um, I feel bad actually for women in the modern world because it's almost like and I, and this isn't everyone right so this is there'll be some people that say yeah. i'm talking rubbish but um <laughs> it's almost like you look down upon almost if you're a mother it's like oh you're, you're just a mother and that's what you yeah. do you, you're not you're not a lawyer or a doctor and a mother like do you know what i mean why would you just be a mother people it's almost like we're living in a time where people have become so egotistical and selfish they don't realize that being a mother or being a father is the greatest sacrifice and privilege and honor you'll ever have in your life. You are so right. Yes, it is. I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, it, being a parent is a really freaking hard job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, but it's it hard. it is also a very rewarding job. Oh, it's so rewarding. It's almost like we live in an age where, I mean, I, I, stum- I don't want to get too sidetracked by this, but I, I stumbled on... <laughs> like reddits and stuff like that where people are like so anti-children that they're like yeah. oh it's not it's not childless it's child free and it's like okay you must have when, when people say things like, i always think they have a very fragile ego if they can't even handle the word childless if that upsets them and they have to say child free because they don't want because they're free of the burden of having children um yes but i i think that being a mother and being a father um has become hmm for me i'm going to connect it to paganism right for me it's become i don't want to use the word easier because that's not the word i'm looking for but it's like i'm i'm able to put more now of my energy into being a good father since i became pagan or spiritual and i don't know why that is i can make guesses and it might be the part of it, like I'm connecting to my ancestral roots. I'm connecting to the gods. I'm, I'm connecting to the community, and I realize, and, and and maybe that's making me um, realize even more so now how lucky I am to have two great kids in my life. You know, did definitely did did, did do you do you connect your spirituality in any way to, you know, to helping you be a better mother or is that just like something that I've just made up in my head (laughs) um no I can definitely see that and I I feel like in many ways there definitely is a connection there um like I mentioned you know my interest in ancestry and stuff I do try and think about you know my feminine ancestors and how, you know, the things that they would have been doing in the home and just the way they would have been teaching their children and, you know, setting them up for success later in life and things. And I just really try and think about that often and try and see, you know, like, what can I do to help my children in that way, too? Yeah, I, I, I really connect with um, my female ancestors on Mother's Night in Yule. Um, yes. I didn't have pictures, unfortunately, um, but I did have, I managed to track down um, like marriage certificates and birth certificates and things like that. So that's all I could get, unfortunately, but I had them on my altar 
and I really connected with them and it felt it felt good to do that and it felt good to honour them and I really pictured in my mind what strong um, and noble women they must have been. Um, yes. It's a special thing. I don't think I would have been able to do that without paganism is what I'm trying to say. I think without paganism I would have I would have still researched the family tree, but I might not have been able to really connect with that ideal. I think sometimes the ritual and that ritual space and that altar space gives you the medium you need to kind of connect with those feelings and that energy, if that makes sense. Yes, yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, so talking about paganism again, um, with regards to... Uh, the gods and goddesses do you offer to many different gods or goddesses do you have a special relationship with one in particular um so i have i have made offerings to different ones in the past um like i would say thor was definitely like a a big one that i was building a relationship with um in the beginning of my journey um but i would say right now that i have really been working more with frigga just with her being more of like a, a motherly figure and, you know, a protector of the home and things like that. So she's been one who I've had an interest in recently. That, that's awesome. I think sometimes um, she does get overlooked, but I, yeah. but I think that's also because most of the people that I've spoken to um, predominantly are men. So they tend to be like, oh yeah, Odin, Thor, and... <laughs> Or, yes. or, they go, or they go for Freya because obviously she's known for the, the kind of being a warrior and stuff. And I think sometimes people overlook how um, important uh, Freya is. Um, I made an offering to her um, at the same time I did Mother's Night. So yeah, that that's great that you're connecting with with her more. Um, with regards to like you learning about paganism you started off as a wiccan and you did the you did some research and you went down that path did you <laughs> did you get most of your re because obviously this is the as they say the religion with lots of homework did yes <laughs> you, um buy any books in particular or did you just do most of your stuff online uh definitely a bit of both um so yeah i definitely bought like the the three main books or well i would say they're the three main ones i hear and brought up all the time but then the Poetic Edda, the Havamal, and the Saga of the Valsungs. Those were the first three that I had bought. Yeah. But, I mean, now, uh, goodness, let's see. I have, like, a book about uh, Seder, about, like, Northern Mysteries and Magic. I'm, I'm looking at my books over here. Um. I got, let's see, Soul of the North, of course, the Neil Gaiman Norse mythology. Oh, is, is Soul of the North, uh, the is it by Thomason or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that was quite good. It was, it was short and sweet, but I really liked it. It was a good yes. introduction. It's a good introduction for people. Definitely. Um, then the other one, I have uh, Myths and Symbols in Pagan Europe. So those are a few of the books that I have. Do you, do you work with ruins or anything like that? Um, I haven't in a while, but um, I don't have any books about runes. That's been mainly just things that I've looked up online. But um, I do occasionally do like rune pulls and stuff for myself just to try and learn more about them and kind of 
establish that connection with my runes and such. That's 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 awesome. I I haven't really dabbled with runes myself. I've kind of looked here or there, but I find them at the moment for me on what I'm doing, I find them quite overwhelming. But I know yes. I'm, I know I'm going to get there. But at the moment, I get I get too bogged down and confused by it, and I know that that's not what I need for me right now. But I'm thinking this time next year, I would like to have a way better understanding of them. Yeah, and that's definitely okay. I mean, nobody should jump headfirst into something that, you know, if they don't want to. So, 100%. Um, I actually recommend, even though the Neil Gaiman book, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a great book. Yes, um, it's, it quite, it's a bit of fun as well, but I think it's a great book for people to start on because I sometimes feel that the Edda is amazing, by the way. It's like so good, powerful, but it wasn't the book I started on. I started with the Neil Gaiman one. Um, yeah. And I think it's really accessible. And I think Soul of the North is another one that's really accessible for people that won't, that won't um, you know, scare people away, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so with regards to, you know, people um, perhaps interested in paganism, is there any advice you'd give people on a place to start? Uh to start on their paganism journey yeah 100 percent. um definitely take your time with it i mean there's there's no race you know there's no one who's out there to judge you on how much you know or don't know and if they are then that's those aren't the right people to be hanging out with anyway but uh i, I see a lot of people who you know it seems like they just jump into things too fast. And um, maybe like with uh, offerings and such, or just, or, or not not so much offerings, but uh, what I'm trying to say, uh, sorry, I'm getting bombarded with the kids. <laughs> and, uh, oaths. I feel like there's many young pagans who like jump into oaths too quickly. Just yeah. the romanticized thought about them and stuff. So I would say, you know, there's there's no rush to make an oath super quickly, you know. You you'll get there, but definitely yeah. you know, get get the books, read what read what you can, and you know you know ask ask other people you know talk to other pagans you know ask them about their journey and such. I think there's a lot of a lot of things we can learn from each other as well. Just yeah, I think connecting with other pagans online is a fantastic way to build a community and and learn. I think that what you've touched on there is great because. I was going to make a oath, my first ever oath at Midsummer, mm-hmm. and I really thought about it. And I thought about it. And I thought about it. And I realized I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And yeah. Think in my mind, you know how like if you're like a born again Christian, you get baptized, and there's this amazing moment, and it's like boom, you're renewed. I think yes. in my mind, I made my oath to be that. So, I kind of spoke about it with some people. And I realized that's not, that's why I have the urge to do an oath is because I want to announce to the world, this is who I am now. But then I realized that's not why I should do an oath. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons why other people perhaps want to rush into it. They want to kind of honor this powerful, um, powerful emotion they're feeling um, and perhaps that is part of the whole uh, Christian hang-up that we all have because we're raised in yes. Christian societies, whether or not we are Christian or not, you know? 
Definitely. I think, I think what you've said there's some great advice is do not rush into an oath. You've got all the time in the world. If you decide, you can go, you can go 30 years and never make one, you know? Um, yes. 100%. Uh, one last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Reagan. Um, uh, what Do you have a defining moment? Um, I've had a past guest who shared this really cool moment uh, that he had that made him realize this was, this was for him. Do you have a defining moment so far in the last year it could be at a gathering or in personal practice or something that kind of was either like a powerful thing that happened that you'd be willing to share? Hmm. Well, I, I would say yes, but, but then again, I, <laughs> I'm really unsure. I, I mean, I just feel like definitely getting the chance to, go to the gatherings definitely felt like a turning point Mm -hmm. um just knowing that i am on the right path and this is the direction that i should be going yeah yeah i would say i definitely did feel a shift in that way after being a, a gathering yeah, it must be that um, shift away from solitary practice to meeting with so many uh, like-minded people. And I always talk about power. I, I always bring it up. I need to stop doing that. But there is power there, you know. Yes, definitely. When you join, when you join with the community, and there's a that, that there's power there without a doubt. Um, and I think for me, you know, I've had moments, definitely, but I've not had like an awe-inspiring, defining moment. And I'm not searching for it actively, but I think uh-huh. what you're saying resonates with me because I think at this gathering in midsummer, I think that I think that will be the same thing for me. I think I'll, I'll draw upon that and that'll be my moment, but we shall wait and see. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I would be definitely curious to hear about your experience after you get back. 100%. Or after you have the event. Yeah, I will definitely. Uh, I'm going to make a um, episode in the podcast with some people, and we're going to discuss discuss the gathering after, yeah, without, without a doubt. <laughs> Listen, I've I've actually loved talking to you today. Um, we covered some interesting stuff, um, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know you're busy there with the kids, so I really do appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to sit down and have a chat with me about kind of your own experiences and and your journey through North yeah, Paganism. Yes, of course. I've really enjoyed our conversation as well. So I thank you for asking me to be on here. Anytime. I'd love to have you back in the future. Maybe we can uh, go over some other some other areas. That'd be great. Sure, of course.